Welcome back to the podcast. Here we are, seasonal and fun. This is the the turkey tactics, turkey chasing 101, how to be a hen turkey episode. So I'm excited to keep this series rolling. I'm excited for 2021. Um, a lot of things were planned out in 2020 that just didn't happen thanks to COVID. Uh, one of them was a... Um, mentored spring turkey hunt i had signed up for becoming an outdoors woman here at uwsp and to be a mentor for one of their hunters and covid happened all of that stuff got shot down which was a big bummer for myself and i got a couple people out this past season hunting but i i really wanted to start this year off with a big bang and the official channels for hunting for the R3 for learn to hunt at the state level are all still closed. And I understand. I get I get the reasons behind it. But uh, I still wanted to get after it this year. So we're reimagining it, what uh, mentored hunting looks like. And thankfully, I've got a lot of super smart friends when it comes to the outdoor world. So leaning on them to make the content informative and educational. So this turkey the turkey series will I'll be joined by uh, Kelly Van Beek. She works for Fish and Wildlife. She's she was a co-host with the BHA Hike to Hunt series last summer, and she'll be my co-host for this uh, turkey chasing se- uh, series for Seasonal AF. Uh, seasonal AF once again is it's it it's what what is seasonal eating here in Wisconsin, and you can maybe extrapolate that to the Midwest, but I really want to focus on here in Wisconsin. Uh, last or 2019, we did a lot of CSA uh, farm to table videos, podcasts. You can check out all of those on the website or become a patron, uh, support the show. Appreciate that. There's a lot of content out there for that. So we'll definitely be leaning on that. Some more of that this year, but this year is going to definitely be a lot about hunting, foraging, perennial foods and the, the idea of what it means to become native to a place so what does it mean to live with it not dominate or tame or do all these all of these things that a lot of uh, modern culture kind of thinks of as society or civilization of advancing is you know really damaging um, the environment in a lot of ways so with this year's seasonal AF I really want to lean into the the long-standing ways that we interact with our uh, environment from a health fitness wellness standpoint and that's going to be with hunting and foraging some fishing if I can get out there but a lot of it's going to be just those things and um, sharing those stories with people so this is the start of that series. I'm pumped to have Kelly on with the Turkey Talk. We'll be joined by guest host Peggy Farrell of Becoming an Outdoors Woman, which is awesome. Thank you, Peggy, for joining us. And uh, if anyone's interested in info, she's got it. She's been she's been rocking and rolling in that program since 1995, I believe. So she's got a, just a wealth of knowledge and. I love that she's willing to share it with us in this episode or with anyone really who reaches out to her. So we chat with her and I'm super excited to share the two new hunters I've got this year. So friends of mine, Chef Mike and Lena, thank you both for joining me and uh, shout out to them for 
taking this big step, making it happen. So I'm excited to share in their their adventures this spring, share some stories, talk with some other uh, hosts on this adventure, and then, uh, yeah, at the other side of it, have some stories to tell. And hopefully what I hope for this series is that people listening who are looking to mentor, this gives you a different way of looking at it than what you're typically going to see out there in a lot of these learn to hunt programs. We're still going to cover the basics, gear, safety, how to go about turkey hunting, but we're going to dive into a lot of these um, missed opportunities for the environment, for talking, for life, and... um, Really looking forward to it. So I hope you are too. And for those of you looking to get into turkey hunting, but you might not have a mentor, I hope this content also serves a purpose and kind of helps you find your way. So without that, uh, shout out once again to uh, our patrons. If you want to support the show, head over to Patreon and become a monthly subscriber. Big shout out to Schulte Family Beef. Uh, We love our local farmers. That's how we're feeding the people, taking care of the environment. And Schultze Family Beef has been a longtime supporter of this uh, platform, our content, and we appreciate them. So check out their their products. They have a beef box uh, that can get delivered right to your door out of Humberd, Wisconsin. Pasture-raised beef. They've also got uh, chicken products, ham products. they got a whole bunch of stuff. Um, they're doing giveaways all the time. They've got a great product. I, I can't recommend them enough. They do uh, the, the regular quarter half cows. They do a monthly box. They do specialty boxes. They'll take care of you. It's great, great products. They take just a great family. So check them out. Schultze Family Beef. If you're in Stevens Point, keep your eyes out for the Ruby Cafe uh, ready ready to go meal. So or, uh, I should say ready to ready to cook meal. So it's it's all been prepped. You're just doing minimal oven heating of these meals and Kellen and his team do a great job of sourcing it local creating these delicious tasty meals and then putting them together in a way that's super easy to do at home it's uh, like the hello freshes but way better and using local ingredients so check them out every month stay tuned for their details when they drop all right thanks for listening on to the episode Okay, well, so this is this is uh, episode two of Seasonal and Fun 2021. First episode was all about maple syrup. We had uh, Kat Becker on from Cattail Organics and Jeremy Solon of Cat Maple Syrup. And we literally just spent an hour talking about trees and maple syrup, and it was fantastic. Episode two is going to be all about turkey hunting, and I've uh, selected an awesome group of friends here on this journey. I have no idea how long the series will be. It could just be this episode and they all get sick of me and I never hear from them again. The goal is to ready the two new turkey hunters we have in the group, which is Lena and Mike, two of you, if you would like to say hello. 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 Oh, so they're, they're both from Stevens Point. Chef Mike here makes tasty, tasty food. I follow him around all summer in the food truck. Wherever he goes, I go. Lena, Lena and I train together physically, mentally. We we get all the gains together, uh, and she is a first time hunter. 
So we're, we're looking to get her on some turkeys this spring and hopefully in the kitchen with a turkey of her own to cook with. And along with those two, I have two of my friends who are professionals in all of this, uh, making it legitimate. We've got Kelly Van Beek, who, if you've been following the podcast at all, she was a co-host this past summer on the Hike to Hunt series. Kelly, what's up? Finding that mute button again. What up? Yes. Podcast Nation, the Bills. There you, there you go. I'm a little disappointed you're not wearing a hat. There's, there's usually... new guys, new year. It's new year. We got new vibes. We're still, I, I still have gotten, I've gotten no new hats since the, since we recorded that. So I, don't have I was, so this is actually, this is on me. I need to get you that VHA hat <laughs> or something, something, something. I, I can make that happen. Well, what's, what's with the, the artwork behind you? I want to know the history of that piece. Oh, no. Do you really want to know the history? Um, I do. That is from a bachelorette party. You know, like ladies get together and paint bachelorette party of one of my sisters when she got married. Uh, we organized it in my parents' basement, put all the floor covering down. Someone came and showed us how to paint, paint whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. A boat, an Italian scene, maybe like it so like only, it only uh kvb piece you're gonna find in this house i think i like it it's amazing well i'm gonna use this as a transition speaking of italian wine peggy farrell how are you the other the other um, professional here yeah i'm good thank you for inviting me i have a hat i wear a hat from about mid-october until mid-April because you know in mid-April we're probably going to get 30 inches of snow again as has been the pattern for the past couple of years so when that melts then I'll be in need of a haircut. <laughs> I like it and Peggy is the coordinator for the Becoming an Outdoors Woman program here uh, at UWSP in Wisconsin and she was the facilitator for the uh, mentor training last year that I attended and I'm excited to get her her on this first episode kind of help steer us all in the right direction as we head into season and get a few more guests on in the coming weeks to help uh, ready both the new hunters and myself so Peggy thank you for being here Kelly same to you so with that I was hoping Peggy you could so you've got, we're going to, we're going to imagine this is pre COVID time. We're in person. I've done the training. You've met the, you've met the new hunters. What's, what are, what are some things we should be thinking about heading into season? Uh, well, I think mentors need to do a really good job of getting to know their new hunters expectations. Um, a lot of times, People confuse being a mentor with being a guide. And a guide is the person you pay a bunch of money to so that you can go get one, whatever it is. And that's not really the role of a mentor. A mentor is more like a buddy to take you out and um, show you what they love and to teach you all kinds of things that are auxiliary to the species that you want to hunt, in addition to helping you really get to know that species their biology, where they hang out, what they're doing at that time of year. Um, those are all important things, but 
I don't think a mentor should ever go into it with the idea of sitting a new hunter down in a blind mm -hmm. and doing everything for them and just mm -hmm. waiting for the bird to come in and then telling them to pull the trigger. Um, to me, that's not how it works. That takes the fun out of it. So that's why I really enjoy mentored hunts and working with seasoned hunters who kind of have that same philosophy when they introduce new folks to hunting a new species. Damn, I love it. And speaking of, so, so Chef Mike dropping a scale size bag of truffle fries at my doorstep. Is, is that, is that, is that a version of guiding? Him <laughs> paying for my services? Yes. Uh, bartering is good. Excellent. Um, anyways, I just love those truffle fries, Like they're, they're the best. I just wanted to bring, I just wanted to talk about it, like put those into the podcast because they're my favorite. I don't know. There's a whole, I mean, that's going to have to be another podcast series. Like we're going to need menus and stuff. Right. And we're going to well, go through what Mike cooks well. There we go. Kelly, we're, we're talking about, uh, Peggy mentioned the biology of turkeys as our expert bird nerd. What do you, what do you, what do you know about turkeys or what do you think we should all know about turkeys? Oh man. In the um, state of Wisconsin, we'll keep it semi-narrow. Turkeys are just so fascinating. And, and I think I just heard somebody tell me, I was listening to a, I think it was that Artemis podcast, Bill, where uh, the guest said something like, a lot of people think we know it all about wildlife. And we we know a small fraction about wildlife, really. And and turkeys is no exception. I mean, I think we generally the game species are are better understood to some extent than the non-game species, but I still think there's so much to learn about turkeys. I'm, I'm just, I'm fascinated by, fascinated by them. I mean, I think you could start at the beginning when you want to talk about Wisconsin turkeys. And um, I, I think it's fair to say turkey, turkey reintroduction in Wisconsin is one of the, one of the major success stories in wildlife conservation in the state. Um, they were extirpated before the 1900s, and then there was a reintroduction effort that occurred in the late 70s. Um, I think we bartered, speaking of bartering, I think we bartered with the state of Missouri. We gave them some grouse. They've been trying to reintroduce rough grouse to their state for a long time. We gave them some grouse, they gave us some turkeys. Um, we dumped them in Southwest Wisconsin and they flourished. And then we took birds from there and then started passing them around the state, um, including in some areas where when I worked for Wisconsin DNR, we there were some sites, some actual state wildlife areas now that are that are now state wildlife areas where um, some of those kind of transplants occurred, which is kind of cool to think about um, how we've come full circle there. Now those lands are public, people can put turkeys on them, pretty cool. So yeah, uh, if we talk about her, uh, turkeys historically in Wisconsin, um, we didn't necessarily have them as widespread as we have now. I think turkeys have really surprised us. They are much more adaptable and able to live in urban areas and the Northwoods than we ever thought that they would. Um, and historically, we didn't necessarily have them as far north as they are now, but they certainly are up in the Northwoods now. Um, so again, we're learning things about turkey biology all the time. We thought they were really tied to oaks and they're not necessarily just tied to oaks. They can live in, in you know, our Northern hardwood systems um, and, and be okay. They can handle those winters. So yeah, that's a little bit of the, of the, history of turkeys in Wisconsin, I guess. I don't, I can't remember glancing through the turkey management plan <laughs> this morning when it said we had our first 
our first hunt in the state. So, um, but it's somewhat recently that we had our first regulated hunt in the state, um, you know, within people's lifetimes of that might be listening to this, surely. So, and turkey populations um, expanded throughout that time period and we're sort of in this plateau phase where we feel like they've kind of met their carrying capacity in the state. Um, and so we don't see a huge amount of change in the number of gobblers we have harvested at least in the springtime, which sort of tells us that maybe we're at, we're at a plateau point in their population. Yeah. Boom. All the things about turkeys, I love it. Thank you, Kelly. So with that, um, to our, to the new hunters, let's, let's roll back to, now that, you, now that you've uh, got your turkey education on that for some, for some things you might not have known, uh, what are your expectations going into your first turkey season? Um, well, I don't feel like there's a, a high expectation for me. I've uh, gone on a couple deer hunts over the last few years with uh, no success for myself, but um, being out in the woods um, and, you know, being able to see what's going on out there in the nature is always a pleasure. So low expectations, but, uh, you know, it can be uh, a long um, hobby of uh, turkey hunting and, and other animals. Awesome. Uh, Steph, if you don't mind, what's your, what is your background with hunting? Uh, not really much. Um, I passed hunter safety about five years ago. Um, and then gone out, uh, uh, gun deer hunting a couple times and that's about it. Really. Fair enough. I love, I love, uh, eating local. So what, what better way to put some protein away? Cheers to that. And, uh, a few of these turkey spots are near foraging spot so if uh yeah, nice. if we just you know go for that late morning walk and we we pick our groceries yeah lena our, our excuse me before we go to lena does uh peggy or kelly have anything for mike we'll pack always game for more recipes for sure <laughs> you know i and turkey is turkey can be really intimidating for people, um, and it certainly has been intimidating for to, to to prepare, and it has been intimidating for me ever over the course of time that I've been hunting turkeys, and that's been since I was a kid. And I'd like to think that I've gotten better at it, but um, you know, always always looking for ways to to prepare it differently and to help um, to help other people enjoy it. And there's I've certainly had a lot of really bad wild turkey <laughs> over the years, and. I would prefer to get, if I'm going to be giving it to people, either cooked or not cooked, uh, give them either suggestions for preparing it easily or um, have something that they're really going to enjoy the first time around so they don't get turned off from it. Definitely. Peggy, were you going to say something? Um, well, I guess if I were going to take Mike out hunting, I'd want to start with like, you know, say, are you all right with hiking in a mile in the dark? Um, would you have any concerns about that? Um, are you all right with sitting for two hours or would you like to sit and hunt hard for four hours? Do you feel like um, 
you know, you would ra rather get up and walk around and move around and do some scouting from the road. And um, some of those things would lessen your chances of probably being able to see a turkey. Um, but if that's how you were going to more enjoy your first hunt rather than having somebody go, all right, we're going to sit here for the whole day. That's okay. We can still make it work. We can look for sign, um, you know, certainly do calling and hear birds and um, enjoy all those parts of it. So if, you know, if somebody's main goal is I want to shoot a big Tom Turkey, I'd be willing to sit and hunt hard all day, but the few people who have said that to me um, find out that that's really not their goal. And that's okay too. The plan can evolve, but I think the key is to just really communicate with each other and um, feel open to say, I'm not digging it if I'm not digging it, or why are you doing that? And for the mentor to communicate. So here's why I'm making this decision that shut up. <laughs> or <laughs> gun, or shoot 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 that's like one of the worst things in any kind of mentored hunt that I think a mentor can do is to if there's an opportunity to shoot to say shoot 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 um, because there's no shame in passing up even the very best positioned shots on any animal if you don't feel like it at the moment that's okay no shame in it um I know it's kind of a big hemorrhage. I have, I've ha I have had a lot of experience taking new people out and I've learned a lot along the way. And, um, and I think that communication is the key and to just not be shy about saying how you want it to be because it's your hunt. I love it. That's why you're here, Peggy. Boom. Appreciate it. Mike, does that all make sense? Oh, it makes great sense. Yes. <laughs> so my dog is here too. I apologize. He just brought his ball. I've learned in Zoom meetings how to launch it around the corner and down the hall so that he can get it. <laughs> Sorry for the interruption. Zoom skills. I like it. Awesome. So that no, that gives that's why I'm I'm so happy you came on, Peggy, being able to share a, a lot of hours spent training training, coaching, hunting with people. Uh, so no, super, super appreciate the insight. Lena, your expectations? Got a bunch. No, that's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super nervous too. So uh, it's just really funny. Like just, it's, uh, so I like to play in spaces where I'm at the expert end, not the novice end. <laughs> So being the novice is a really interesting space for me. Um, so I'll say a few things. I really liked when Bill gave me a wild turkey and I put it in the crock pot and then I turned it into wild turkey paella. Uh, that was fun. Uh, and I want to do more of that. So that's, I want to, I want to get to a point in my life where I can do that. Do I, uh, do I need to have that on any time schedule? No, but it would be really good to be able to learn to do that. Uh, I also though have a, a, you know, I'm on this much deeper journey that aligns with the work Bill and I have been doing together. And, you know, Mary Stangy's work in Woman the Hunter has been a, a just a big, big deal for me. And so there's, um, I, I pulled up one of my favorite quotes from her and, uh, 
and you know I'm thinking about the, the women that were just murdered in Atlanta last night and they're heavy on my heart today because I've been trying to think is it because of race or is it because of gender and it's because of violence against women um uh so perish the thought that women might take up arms because become skilled in their use and become thereby simultaneously able to defend themselves and fend for themselves, woman the hunter. And so I love this notion of being able to fend for myself. And when I think about the, the experiences that I've had in my life, um, being the predator instead of the prey is uh, something I wanna feel on every level. And I think, Peggy describes it well. I spent time learning to hunt pheasant with Peggy. And um, I don't know how much of that experience I actually really remember because I was just so hard being present and not leaving. <laughs> right? I don't know if that makes sense. Like, you know, honey's not very romantic. Uh, there's romance. It, like I, like there was romance when we were walking across a field, you know, and I'm walking across the field. I'm a big woman who lives like out here somewhere uh, in the land of spirit and ideas. <laughs> walking through this field and the grass is as high as me. And there was, there was romance in that one moment when the, you know, when the grass hit right here and there was a little nest in there that was romantic, but the rest of the time was hell. <laughs> I'm panting and I never pant in front of anybody and I'm like <laughs> and I like actually have to do what Peggy says I have to speak up and say the pace is a little fast for me because we're because when in pheasant hunting you're hunting in this line and I had to speak up and tell everybody my body needed something different than we were getting so goals I, I want to learn to fend for myself I love to eat organic and local and very uh, very much a part of the organic and local movement here in, in the region. And I, I think it doesn't get much more local or organic than being able to go out and get it yourself. So I want that for me. But I also, I want something for me as a woman that matches the time that we're in. And I want to, I want to claim, I want to claim my, I want to claim some earth rights, I think. And I claim some body rights. Boom. Love you, Lena. That was awesome. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> so Kelly, Peggy, uh, jump in. Questions, thoughts. I the your comment about being the predator versus the prey as maybe that might I don't I don't know how to articulate um, it in a way that maybe doesn't turn people off from that thought immediately, but I think it comes from a space of wanting to be empowered and, and women therefore it feels a little bit different to go into the woods and be and act as a predator because we're generally more submissive we're you know we're being guided we're not fending for ourselves necessarily or well all of those kinds of things and um i love that i mean i that's what that's why i go to the woods i mean i like i like for a moment in time to be a part of this food chain and sort of a, um, uh, I, yeah, I, in a way that I don't necessarily get to experience in my everyday life given 
I'm a female in a very male dominated career field. You know, I, I like to think that I'm excelling at something as a woman that doesn't necessarily come naturally based on where society has put me. And so, yeah, I love what, well, I love what you said, Lena. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So Lena, um, pheasant hunting on a game farm is not romantic. It's what it is, is a really safe way to have an experience with the birds and the dogs and walking through a field carrying a firearm. Um, it's all really safe and controlled. Um, turkey hunting can be so romantic. It's <laughs> what I, but it's why I fell in love with turkey hunting as my favorite hunting activity. When you're sitting in the dark and you're hearing the world wake up, owls hooting, it might still be dark when you hear those first gobbles up in the trees and the whole world wakes up and if you're doing it in the spring and it's not April, it's May, it's warm. <laughs> um, the smells, and the sounds and the whole feeling of it. I think it's very romantic. I almost got tears in my eyes because I can't wait to do it. And um, I really, really hope that you get to have that kind of experience because it's, it's almost life-changing. Mm -hmm. Whether or not you actually get a turkey in close at all, it's, um, it's a really cool way to connect with the earth and sort of connect with yourself at the same time. Thank you. I don't think there's much more romantic that can happen in the wildlife woods besides like communicating with an animal and the way you do when you're turkey hunting. You you better be a smooth talker if you <laughs> if you want, <laughs> want to pull a turkey. And so yeah, between the sunrises and hearing the um, each different species of birds take its turn in the morning song and then communicating with this bird in a way that entices it to come to you, which is very unnatural in turkey biology if you wanna to go to, if you wanna talk nerdy bird stuff. Generally, generally the females go to the males in turkey biology and instead you're mimicking the female and trying to get them in. So that's very romantic in my opinion. Oh, I love it. You, Kelly, can I, I loved what you said about the potential controversy of the use of the language prey and predator. I love that. And I, I think it's, don't you think it's why some people like kind of blank on hunting? Like you, the reactions I've had to people that I'm learning to hunt, they're like, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So why, why, why do we freak out on prey to predator? I've had this conversation a little bit with Bill. I mean, as, as things have unfolded this past winter, thinking about predator hunting and do we have this innate reaction? to predators as human based on our his yeah. primal place in the food chain of not of thinking negatively about predators and therefore elves in the category of predator and certainly as people have moved away from a hunting culture they hate themselves as a predator i think that i think predator has so many negative connotations and certainly it does outside yeah. of the world too um but we are a predator we, we always have been we you know that's not, and that's not a negative thing. So if we can sort of shift, shift our cultural perception of that, of that word being negative, then I think 
yeah, people wouldn't have such a such a bristled response when we say, I enjoy being a predator in the woods because it empowers me. That's great. And it's not negative. It feels to me like there's an ethics to it too. Like I can't, I, I can't, you know, you go to the market. If I just had to, haven't gone to the market in a really long time. I don't shop for meat that way anymore. I buy it all from my farmers. But like, think about going to the market, right? Like, I couldn't do that. <laughs> that whole sweep of meat. Like, there's a there's a limited supply. I think when you're doing it yourself, so it it limits. Um, so what I'm trying to get at is it seems to me that one of the things that I will be able to say I know at the end of this journey is uh, what it means to be a predator who has integrity. That there's an integrity, right? And like Peggy's like romance first. And Kelly's like, yeah, you got to romance that turkey. <laughs> they are the only conscious predator in yeah. existence, right? And right. So that, that allows us to have these kind of conversations. Whereas other, what other animal thinks about being a predator? They're just a predator. and. The fact that we're conscious about it, uh, I don't know if I want to say it creates this conundrum, but it creates this conversation, and it's fascinating to me that we that we have it, um, and that's directly related to the fact that we have a conscience, so we can talk about why why we're the predator, and is that okay? Yeah. Well, it's a whole nother podcast, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was perfectly. Do other animals do other animals have consciousness? I've been reading some interesting things that's challenged my thinking on that. Mm. But it's a whole nother podcast. Um, uh, and I was going to say something else to Lena and I forgot. Oh, food. Food. So, yeah. I mean, if you're going to eat meat, isn't it nice to think about being honest about where it comes from instead of the pink styrofoam weird meat wrapped in plastic that's in the grocery store and those open shelves where it's tons of electricity is being belched out to keep those items cold enough for it to be healthy for somebody to take home. It's just crazy to me that we've come down to that in our food system. And when you're able to go out and harvest your own food and use every part of it, you get this like, massive appreciation right bill um yes and, and you're more thoughtful about the way you cook it and you're more thoughtful about every bite that you put in your mouth because you did that and you want to honor that animal and you want to honor yourself too yeah yeah that's good i like that i like that circle of honoring thank you peggy Cheers, cheers to that. I've, speaking of the, the, the meat process, Jeff, I've seen the way you and your team uh, get the whole pig in, process it in yeah. the kitchen. What, where, where are your, I guess, where are your, where's your head at when it comes to maybe industrial meat or that current system and then where hunting fits in? Um. Well, you know, I, I think that we rely too much on um, 
industrial farming and, and things like that. And uh, that's really quite a shame. And I, I think the push to go to more farm raised and local um, sources are really a, a great way to do that um, along with um, hunting and gathering. I like it. I'm definitely for for that push and um, yeah, I, I like to see that this community does a really, really great job with um, having local sources, farms and such. For sure, we're spoiled, spoiled in Stevens Point. Sorry, Kelly. Sorry, sorry where you're at. It's not as, it's not as, not as local, locally. Oh, we're spoiled. We're plenty, we are plenty spoiled down here. I'm lucky in that I, I mean, thinking about the protein that I eat and how much I rely on game meat, and then how much I plan sort of my year around that resource that I get to have. You treat it very differently when it's a finite resource when you know you can't go to the store and buy another wild mm -hmm. turkey. Yes, like Peggy was saying, you prepare it differently, you think about it more, and you sort of, and you sort of save it for a special event, or you know, you think about how much you need of it in, a, in on an annual basis if that's what you want, rather than going to the store to get it. And I'm also, I mean, I'm all for getting getting other protein locally too, but and um, and supplementing my annual protein intake in that way. Uh, and that, and that's also a finite resource to some extent too. It's not always available to you every time you go to the grocery store, if you're going to get it from a farmer, you know, it, they might only have the cut that you want every couple of weeks or, you know, what have you. So yeah, I, I still have wild turkey in my freezer that I'm coming through from last year. Um, and hopefully I'll get through it by the time that the season starts, but I've sort of spread it out that far, you know, because I like having it year round and I'm lucky to harvest usually more than one bird. And I, um, and I can use it in that way throughout the year and kind of seasonally make stuff from, from what I harvest. But yeah, it's a whole nother, a whole different spin on how much of it there is and what you can do with it. There's a lot of pressure not to mess it up. Bill gave me bear and I like was a wreck. I love to cook, but I just, you know, I never made bear before. So what if I messed it up? So what with the chill, I had like, I, I identified like, I don't know, seven recipes. I narrowed them. Yeah, I was like, gonna say, you sent me seven recipes. And I'm like, <laughs> you can't go wrong with chili. <laughs> Right? That's it. I couldn't mess it up. And we have one frozen serving in the freezer. And uh, my roommate asked me now, and then you, you want bear chili? I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm saving that. Well, you know, I like to think every time that I quote mess something up, I don't, I mean, yeah, maybe it doesn't taste good. But then one, I learned that I won't do it that way again. And two, it brings it it brings about a whole level, a another level of appreciation, I guess. You know, again, if you buy something at the store and you mess it up, you're like, eh, throw that away. But when you mess up game that you chase, that you spent spent so much time thinking about getting it, processing it, um, it just gives a whole nother appreciation for what you're actually putting in your body. Um, so the mess up is, it's not even a mess up. It's just, oh, well, maybe I won't do that again. And now I have this deeper appreciation of what I have in the first place. so we've we've got expectations out of the way we've got 
kind of everyone's spin on the importance of hunting and how it fits in modern society. Peggy, what's next? Where where does where does this uh, where does this journey take us? Um, are either of you, Lena or Mike, interested in any of the actual mechanics of turkey hunting, like what to wear, what about calls, how to scout, any any of those things? You have to know everything. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Mike, how about you tell us, where would you like to start if you wanted to take a look at some of the actual mechanics of what do you do when you go turkey hunting? Do you have questions about that? Um, I mean, scouting is something that I, I think I need to improve upon. Um, um, just getting out and trying to find the best places and um, more more having a game plan going into it other than I've got my shotgun and I'm dressed. <laughs> I'm taking notes for you, Bill. Scouting. I can't find my pen. Perfect. Uh, um, and did I see in the group chat that you you did uh, you did get a tag? Yes. Yeah. And it's for <clears throat> the third. That's, yeah, it's the 12th through the 18th. Um, and you have uh, land permissions, Bill? Yes. Okay. So when are we going scouting? <laughs> I think it would be nice to go a couple of times. Maybe like, you know, you, you take Mike out. I'd love to take him out. We could do a group scout, like... Um, yeah. just for like a, a first journey out to sort of do a, a survey of things and then narrow it down as it gets closer to the actual season for the hunt. Definitely. Yeah, I was going to send the scout invite out for next week or the following. Okay, am I included? I just automatically you just you, I'm yes. Like, hey, I'm, I'm going to scouting. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to assume that I was to make you come with but it's, it's so I'm, I'm happy to know that you've you've offered because i was definitely going to make that happen so i appreciate that thank you peggy oh no thanks for letting me it's like my favorite time of year and if i don't have people to go and do this with it's not the same i find that hunting for me is very social even if i go to my own spot and i hunt and somebody else is in their spot we need to like gather at certain points during the day and the stories that come out of hunting are are just some of the most fun parts of it. Andrew, shut up. Andrew, I love you. Uh, I could I could not agree more. Where is he? There he is. Hey buddy. You do you, buddy. So Mike, I will send out scouting invite we will get we will get boots on the ground all four of us or three of us for sure lena where what are you at where, what are your what's your you laughed when i said everything i don't know what the next no no i just need to okay this is my brain it's one of my multiplex there's an input and an output i need to know the whole line along that 
question. Like, like you, just have, you have to tell her what she's doing next. So the, That's pretty much it. I'll learn. I want to follow and learn. So scouting, here are the things that I think I'm like, okay, scouting is obviously a technical term. There probably won't be badges. <laughs> That's word well, association. There, there are badges. It's the cool stuff you find on the ground while you're walking around. Awesome. Yeah. So I assume that means that we're looking at areas where we might find turkeys when we want to shoot them, right? I, I know you asked me, <laughs> see, like everybody's looking at me, Val. This is how my brain works. So what I need- Very valid question. It's a very <laughs> valid question. What does it mean? Yes. What does it mean to scout? What are you looking for? And so I will just follow along this after is, people. This is where we need Kelly. Kelly, Peggy, what are we, what is it we are, so we'll have Kelly go because she's, she's the bird expert. Kelly, what are we looking for? What's, so if we went out today, what's um, the turkey sign? It can be, and I was just talking to my dad today about, uh, he was talking some turkeys behind his Shout house. Out. We, Shout we out were, to Sylvester. Sylvester. Sylvester, if you ever listen, <laughs> listen to this episode. And we were talking about whether, you know, whether or not the flock that he's watching is broke up for the spring or not. Meaning, are they doing the same thing right now as they're going to be doing <coughs> the season starts? And we're a little bit early yet, although maybe if you drive around, you might even see some toms starting to strut right now. Um, so it's maybe hit or miss whether or not those turkeys are going to be in the same spot doing the same thing by the time your season pops up. But usually there's, if there's turkeys there in the winter, there should be some there left in the spring. Um, from my experience, but there may not, there might not be as many as you're seeing now because generally they're sort of in their winter flocks right now. But beyond are there birds there or not, one of the things that is most important to me now when I scout, and this has taken me years to think about and I still don't even think about when I'm out there doing it because of the way that I turkey hunt, which is walking a lot, calling a lot and not necessarily sitting and being patient because I'm a very impatient person, is when I'm walking around, I'm often looking for spots where if I do think there's going to be birds there, can I set up in a by next to a specific tree and have a shot of where I think those birds are going to come? I can't tell you how many times I've thought, I'll just sit on this field edge and you go sit on a field edge and there's a rise in the field edge that means that you're not going to actually shoot the field. Meaning, you know, if there's a turkey out there, you might not even be able to get a shot because I haven't thought about that change in terrain that happens. So I'm looking a lot at vegetation that might be in my way, and terrain when I scout, um, even, maybe even more so than whether or not there's even turkey sign there. And how am I gonna get there is the other thing too. Do I need to walk underneath trees in the dark that I think those turkeys might be roosting in? Can I do that without spooking them? All those kinds of things. So again, more so than just, are the turkeys gonna be there or not? But how am I gonna get to the spot? And when I get to that spot, is it reasonable to think that I might even be able to get a shot from wherever I sit down at? Um, so I'll even, peg out individual trees and um, yeah, just really taking in the entire, the entire landscape in as many details as possible of where you think you're gonna set up is what I try to do now. See, that's perfect. I can drop phrases. Like I'm like I'm like ready to drop turkey sign. So the, the sequence the sequence is about I I think I understood that there's three key elements in scouting. One is is timing your scouting with the flock formation pattern so that you're in about the same. Is that right? Is that what you said? Is that what the the whole broke up thing was? Yeah, and the, and the real, not a relationship. 
relationship problem. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, turkeys are going to change their patterns throughout the season too. So scouting, scouting is sort of an ongoing endeavor. Um, and depending on if you're hunting in areas where other hunters are going to be crushing those areas, and maybe the turkeys are going to change their, those patterns because of hunting pressure earlier in their season, earlier in the season. So I like to think a lot of times of my, of if I'm hunting and, and not much is happening, at least I'm scouting because I'm listening, I'm watching, you know, I'm constantly in this, my, this frame of mind scouting. Yeah. But right now I would say in the early season, yes, it's can be a little bit difficult to determine whether or not those turkey flocks are going to be kind of in those same spots acting in that same way when you get to the middle of April, the beginning of May. So I've got flocking patterns. I changed my word. Turkey sign. I love that phrase. And three, shot worthy terrain. And then four, which you just gave me, which is uh, when when hunting becomes plan B, which is scouting again. <laughs> That's good. I like that. That see, I learned. This is so this is how I will learn legitimately. I don't have a uh I can't laser light in on the process because I don't understand the whole thing yet. <laughs> no it's 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 this what i love about this is it's giving you things to look for when we head out there so like peggy was saying um so what i what i learned last year taking peggy's course was I, i've been born and raised in this so there's so much of it you don't think to ask or think about and so i know that's going to make slow down how, how fast I can teach someone or share or show someone. So with Peggy being here to guide, guide us and Kelly being able to share like her crazy detailed approach to, uh, turkey chasing. No, this is, this is giving me a better idea of where I can um, be a better buddy as Peggy called it. So Peggy, where, what do you, what do you got for us? Um, well, I was just going to say that in, any hobby or new endeavor, be it photography or kayaking or I don't know, whatever, there's always a ton of jargon. And if those of us who have been doing this for a long time start throwing out all those terms, you don't ever have to feel bad about saying, what do you mean by strutting? Those turkeys behind you right now, Lena, are in full strut. The, the tom turkeys display like that to show off in the spring and sometimes they even do it at weird times of year when it's not breeding season but that's strutting and there's nothing wrong with not knowing that so anytime you hear us use a term that is unfamiliar you just have to say well what does that mean know that i'm also making up my own terms so you all know the use of the term turkey right like he's such a turkey right you have you heard that before so like turkey sign has this whole like rap hip-hop song in my brain going like don't you stop <laughs> it's just crazy <laughs> like that's what you do when you see a real turkey like <laughs> so turkey sign would be like looking for their poop yeah and good. feathers and scratching and um roosting trees so uh all that good stuff and it's really, it makes a lot more sense when you get out boots on the ground, as Bill said, when we can start to find those things and show you. I trust that. I, that's what I'm in it for. 
So we've got eight minutes left. Jeff, Mike, Lena, whoop. So the, your, your turkey education will continue over the next, as long as you're up for it. After today, you're like, no, I'm out. That's fine. I understand. Uh, however, Kelly and I are going to be getting, uh, I'm sure Peggy will be back on, but we'll be getting more guests lined up to kind of come on and talk about different aspects of turkey hunting, what to, what to expect, what to look for, how to go about it. So with the last eight minutes, what are some questions you have for Peggy? Okay, so Mike did a great job. It seems like he threw out scouting and that's at the beginning of the process. What are the other major what, what am I going to learn? Like when we're done with turkey season, what are the two or three things that I really should know besides scouting? Safety. Um, there are a lot of aspects of hunter safety that are specific to turkey hunting that you might not need to be concerned about in hunting other species. Um, I think patterning a shotgun and getting confident in shooting it so that you know that if a shot presents itself and if you choose to take it, that you're going to be able to make a clean, humane shot. And that's all about confidence. And so that's you know time at the shooting range with a piece of paper and putting a lot of holes in it. Those are my two big ones. Kelly? Yeah, safety, I think. Safety in the turkey woods is uh, unique compared to compared to some other types of Wisconsin hunting, I guess, that you might do. And there are a few different things maybe that you should be thinking about when you're when you're hunting, you know, an animal with camouflage on with other people around and moving. It's that's a little bit unique compared to other types of hunting. So that's a great point, Peggy. Um, and turkey is sort of a short range game. You know, it's different than taking your rifle out during the deer season um, and sitting in one spot and having a long range opportunity. Turkey hunting is a short range game. Potentially you're moving around um, again in camouflage with other hunters around. Um, so no, knowing sort of your limits and the limits of your equipment too, um, because it is possible still to, you know, to wound a bird and, and we know that it happens and um, hopefully we're, you know, setting anybody up who's, sort of new to the sport and in a way that helps them avoid um, the possibilities of those kinds of things happening. But thinking about sending a bunch of pellets downrange at a bird at a fleshy part of their body, you know, things could go, things can go wrong, just like any, just like any other kind of hunting. Um, and so being prepared for that. Um, what else, Lena? Uh, I mean, I, To me, the, the joy of turkey hunting is, um, again, so much more of the pursuit. And so learning, learning every time you're out about uh, any aspect of natural history that's occurring in the spring woods is something that I hope people are getting out of it. Um, you know, I, I've been taking my brother-in-law out hunting. Shout out to Matt if he ever listens to this. He's a hunter and is, has no like wildlife background and telling him different birds that we're hearing and um, hearing the different birds arrive in the spring uh, is really fun to tell him about because that's literally occurring while we're sitting out there and so there's so much more than turkeys there's so much more than turkeys that we talk about when we go out spring turkey hunting um, yeah and 
telling him why a bird's doing this or this or a, a turkey, why a turkey is acting this way or this way and um, how he might maneuver around that bird based on the turkey's personality or, you know, uh, how the turkey's acting that particular day. It's so much more strategizing, I feel like, than when you're deer hunting or doing, you know, some other, some other form of upland hunting. It's so much more of this chess game um, that's happening at a fairly rapid pace if you want to hunt that way. That's, what, that's the way that I like to hunt. Um, it just keeps it, it's so much more interesting to me than sitting in one spot for a long amount of time, so. Love it. Awesome, Kelly. Yeah, I, I just want to cheat and use my dog, but Kelly, Kelly gets mad at me. It's not allowed for, for a lot of reasons in the spring, uh, mostly because he would find all of the ground nesting birds, but um, I can agree more. It's the being out there every week with a different tag and seeing the the arrival of spring and, and then the, the transition like Kelly was talking about. And I need to do a better job of knowing my birds because it's just, hey, spring birds. There's there's owls, turkeys, and all of the other birds. <laughs> so we've got three more minutes before we before Lena's gonna bounce, we wrap up the episode. I'm gonna keep Peggy and Mike hostage after the episode to kind of steer where these where this goes uh, for the next couple episodes. What does anybody have anything they want to wrap up with? I think we covered a lot, but if there's any concluding thoughts, always go back to Mary Stangy. Let's see. As long as aggressive power is defined as male and passivity as female, the two halves of the human species are going to be conceptually at odds. So, uh, so may our, our learning together and our growing together and our, uh, may that be somehow a, a power move. <laughs> right on. Here's to that. I love it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, thanks, everyone, for coming on the episode. Thank you. Thank you. So fun to hang out with y'all. <laughs>